Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese e Nima Tuvali. Hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian Football Podcast. This one's going to be especially exciting because there's potentially tears from all three of us today. Uh, reasons for all of us to be crying. All of us are recording this in the corner of rooms in the fetal position uh, with, uh, with coffee, <laughs> other beverages filled with alcohol and... I, <laughs> Nima might have some extra stuff I don't want to know about, but all of us are at least thanks. Being, thanks. All of us are being held up and prompted up by foreign substances because, <laughs> for all three of us respectively, oof, that was very rough, very rough indeed. A lot to get to, a lot of tears, a lot of interesting results. We are already well, not already fifth match day. We are in the middle of a full um, all-out war against the referees already. Very exciting. <laughs> so I can't wait. This, uh, If there's ever been an episode I've been just dying to record, it's this one. So let's, uh, let's get this over with, I suppose. And uh, we will start with the Derby. So let's get to that now. All right, you're up first for the tears, Nima. Um, <laughs> Inter, they lose 3-2 to two to Milan in the derby. Della Madonnina, and I, I, I think it was just about as fair as a result as you can get, right? I don't think anybody's going to complain. Um, well, I'm sure you're going to complain, just not about the result. <laughs> um, Samir Handanovic, I'm sure we have a lot of good stuff yeah. to talk about with him. We have yeah. Rafael Leao, who started the season particularly slow, who just explodes against Inter. So wh- wh- where do we want to start? Let's start with Milan, because I think they deserve it. I think they deserve, they did that deserve it. With. That was a very deserved result. They they won. They they played brilliantly. Um, Stefano Pioli after the game, I think, said said it. You know, he he um, he pulled one over Simone. Um, and tactically, as he said himself, he said that Inter were expecting us to push to push higher. You know, to press them higher up pitch uh, from the start, and they didn't. Milan didn't. Milan were in low blocks. Exactly what Sarri did against Simone Inzaghi. Uh, pretty very similar approach. Um, and it worked to the to a T because as soon as Inter scored that first, as soon as Inter scored that first goal, after then it was all Milan. Uh, Milan pushed, won the ball higher up, and they just completely ran over Inter. Um, they they were they won I, I, they won every single challenge. They look hungrier. They look more fired up. They look more up for it. And Inter just were unable to to respond. Um, Rafael Leao, look. Uh, <laughs> he's fantastic. Um, and I don't want to take anything away from him. We're going to talk about Inter's deficiencies, but he doesn't need help. And Inter helped him uh, with two goals and they helped Giroud with one goal. But that doesn't take anything away from how fantastic Rafael Leal was. He was, you know, he he is unplayable. Um, th- that drop of, the, that lovely little drop of the shoulder and acceleration, the little elastico with his foot, 
and then starts placing the balls. It's 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 it literally is v. It's Henri. It is. I I don't know how many times. It, it, it's starting. It's not even similar to Henri. It, it looks exactly like a carbon copy of Thierry Henri now, when he was at his best. And it's just you know this. As long as Milan get to keep him, because there is a contract situation. Um, I hope for the Serie A's sake that they get to keep Rafael Leal. Um, but it, you know, they, they will have to break their wage structure for him. And I think it's worth doing it because he is just absolutely unplayable right now. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's, I, I, I wasn't too concerned when he started slow to begin the season. I, I didn't think there was a lot to worry about no. because he was clearly still the focal point of the attack. He, st- he, he just wasn't finding the back of the net. And sometimes that happens. Uh, Carlo, what did you make of them? I, I mean, our primary concern, or at least mine, was, hey, listen, can we realistically expect Milan to mount some sort of Scudetto challenge with two geriatric number nines? <laughs> um, and after five match days, uh, the, the very clear answer is yes. Well, listen, there's one thing that you can always guarantee from Olivier Giroud, and that's when the big games come along, he, he seems to perform. He did it again. He, you know, he scored again in another big game. And, you know, people forget that for, for long periods of last season, until the Scudetto running, Giroud went on this long period without scoring where he was, you know, just way off it. And it was the fact that a lot of people were describing him as, as something of a flop, actually. Um, and then when the business end of the season came, those big games come along, obviously starting with the the derby in, was it February, Nimmer, the, mm. the one where, he's, where, he, where yeah. he scored the two late goals. We turned and, the fray. Yeah. And and then and then you had, obviously, the was it the Napoli game he scored in. And and then you had, obviously, the, the final game of the season um, as well, where he, um, you know, he, he scored the key, key goal to get, get the ball rolling. Um, against Sassuolo, you know, he, he always seems to turn up and, you know, he did it again. And, and him and Liao, as you said, you know, they, they Inter, couldn't, Inter couldn't handle them um, in, in this game. So, so yeah, Giroud, he's, I mean, he's going to be 36 this month and he's still, yeah, he's still, he's still doing well. Um, I think we have but to But he looks fitter out. than he's ever done, don't you reckon? Like, I think he looks in better form than he's ever been in. I've never seen him in this such a, like, physically fit. He looks like he's he's just, he's like, in the derby again. And and also this season, I mean, he just looks fitter than ever before, in my yeah. opinion, at least. No, no, yeah, he's, he's, he's in great shape. He's in great shape at the moment, especially when you consider that he played three games in a week, which is pretty impressive for someone who's almost 36. You know, usually... They might play well in the first game, the second game, which to be fair, he wasn't great in. But, you know, usually by the third game in a week, a player at that age, you're not expecting them to, to perform as well as he did. So, yeah, he, I mean, it just shows the conditioning of the, of the guy. Um, but I also want to shout out for, for Mike Magnon, mm. because even though Milan did deserve to win this game, you know, and at 3-1, it looked like they probably were going to run away with it. You know, Inter did, if we can give them any praise for this game, they did show a really a really good reaction I thought at 3-1 and after making it 3-2 you know if it was any other goalkeeper in Serie yeah. A it probably yeah. would have been 3-3 you know he made yeah. a fantastic save from the header um down low to Lautaro and then that 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 save Chalanoglu save Chalanoglu I mean, one-handed the acrobatics oof. and athleticism to just to, to tip that over you know Mike Manion is you know 
for me, he's world-class. He's the one player in the Milan team that you can say he is a world-class player now. There's lots of Milan players with world-class potential, but he is world-class now. And he is the complete goalkeeper. There are no weaknesses in his game. Technically, mentally, he's a leader as well. You know, he's an incredible shot stopper. He commands his box. He's brilliant from crosses. He takes the pressure off his defence. How many times late in the game went into a throwing balls into the box and he came out and he took it and, and you know, that that is so big for, for defence when you have a goalkeeper that can come out and take the ball. And How he is not France's number one for the World Cup that's coming up, I mean, I just find that astounding and a huge, huge mistake among many mistakes that Didier Deschamps makes um, nowadays with such a talented France squad in terms of team selection. So not play, I mean, he, he's head and shoulders above Hugo Lloris. It's not even close. He's better than him in every single department. Um, so yeah, he. You have to give a shout out for him. I thought Milan's midfield was also was also dominant. I thought uh, Benasser and Tonali really dominating control most of it. They, 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 Milan lost their way. I think the last 15, 20 minutes they were a little bit too open. I think Pioli maybe should have brought on the next midfielder and tightened it up. But you know we're talking about details here. But you know, on the whole, I thought those two were excellent. I thought Milan's energy caused them trouble, uh, which I think is a little bit concerning for Inter. I think. Um, the fact that they just didn't seem to be able to live with the intensity of of Milan, I thought, for, for long periods of this game. But yeah, hats off to Milan. Uh, they turned up and it was a great spectacle for the neutral as well in a full stadium. Uh, All right, well, somebody, we have to go to your your man. <laughs> so I'm sure somebody that you are going to assert did not show up. And I think anybody with a set of uh, uh, working eyes would, assert did not show up samir handanovic one of it, it listen there's a few things people argue about okay uh is the earth flat did the moon <laughs> landing really happen does <laughs> samir handanovic suck it was direct because you have Stanley one Cooper. side that will say <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you have one side that says well look at the 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 clean sheets look at the look at everything is one and then you have the other side. They will just show last night or, or what happened in the Derby on loop. And it's just this clash of, I won't say titans because I think everybody loses in this argument, but uh, oof. Look, for those who say he sucks, um, no, I'm the, glad the, they, they, this was a checkmate, at least for round one. Well, before we get to the problem at Inter overall, and I'm glad that you spoke about, that you raised this issue first, because I, I do want to talk about Samir Handanovic's situation, because it's a situation that has, you know, incredibly almost become politicized in how it's become polarized. And I mean... But hang know, on, real quick, before you get deep into it, no, the I good thing is you already have a solution. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to all of that. Almost, I mean, it's it's become politicized because there is, uh, the, because as a result, the discussion the discussion is incredibly shallow, and and I use this term seriously, incredibly stupid. Um, Samir Handanovic joined Inter in 2012, and for about seven eight years, he was together with Mauro Icardi, the only shining light at Inter during what was the club's darkest decade in its modern history. But equally is true. He is a burden and a huge liability today, and he is ruining his legacy at the club by extension. And I can't blame him for that, and I'll get to why. Now, 
I mean, up until and including the 2018-2019 season, when he was named both the best goalkeeper by the Italian Footballers Association, as well as the Serie A itself, he was one of the best goalkeepers in Italy and Europe. And even back then, when he was at his peak, there were some, you know, wannabe celebrities on Twitter posing as journalists who created as a gimmick and marketing PR tool for themselves to push this agenda that, oh, Handanovic doesn't even try to save the shots and he doesn't move. And that's just ludicrously silly because it only showcases a deep lack of understanding of the game in general and goalkeeping in particular because Samir Handanovic's biggest strength has always been his reflexes, his ability to react, whilst his biggest weakness has always been his positioning. Now, after the 18-19 season, where he peaked, He's been on a slow and yet steady decline, which exponentially has gotten worse with every single season. Now, what does that mean? It means that his reflexes and ability to react that were really good have gone from good to bad. And his positioning has gone, if not from bad to worse, it certainly hasn't improved. And now we have this incredibly untenable situation where every weakness that he has is exposed. When Handanovic was signed by Inter in 2012, in the summer of 2012, from Udinese, he replaced Julio Cesar, who had peaked in 2010 during the treble season. And he, in turn, was brought in once to replace Francesco Toldo before his inevitable decline to avoid the situation we're in. So therefore, this notion that Handanovic has always been mediocre by measuring him at the twilight of his career now and ignoring what he actually has achieved at the highest level, which he consistently played at for about five to seven years, is frankly at best unnecessarily reactionary. And maybe at worst, it's dishonest and populist, and it's just aimed to get interactions on social media. Because... Look, the same situation is now being repeated with Stefan de Frey. He peaked during Steph- Antonio Conte's first season when he was named Serie A's best defender, 2019-2020. The following season, when Inter won the Scudetto, you saw signs of a slow decline. And last season, when we were, when this podcast was still behind a paywall, those of you who were patrons and, and listened will remember that I warned that this could be another Handanovic situation. And now I don't think we can deny that this is the case. Because for a defender, it's highly unusual for, for someone like at De Frey's age. He only turned 30 last February. And it's usually at this age when defenders peak. Now, I'm not entirely comfortable or convinced to say that it's a mental thing or if it's a genuine physical decline that's causing it. But it's been going on long enough. He's never for, been quick, though, De Frey, No, but listen, that's, it's, that's it's, the weird it has thing. been. Yeah, but it's been going on long enough so that we can't turn a blind eye to the fact that whatever it is, just like Handanovic, it's not a matter of being out of form. And I think his father time is undefeated. So with Handanovic and De Frey, with, with the Handanovic thing, I don't blame him for any of the goals as such on, on against Milan on Saturday. But the difference is exactly what you said, Carlo. M- Mike Magnon makes those saves. Samir Handanovic is no longer able to make those saves. And that is not Samir Handanovic's fault. That is Inter's fault for not having addressed the situation like they did with Julio Cesar, like they did with um, with Handanovic himself. And here we are. But like John said, there is a, the, the, the answer is on the bench, and his name is Andre Onana, and they have to integrate him into the starting lineup immediately. No one, we cannot keep watching this. And the problem is, though, just like you said, Carlo, with Mike Magnon and France, Hugo Lloris is the captain of the French national team. Samir Andanovic is the captain of Inter. So it's 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 just a giant shitstorm that Inter have created, and they're repeating with Stefan de Frey. 
De Bruyne, they 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 did plan to 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 replace him, though, didn't they? I think, and I think you you hinted it as well that actually Bremer was going to potentially was going to come in and replace. That it wouldn't just be maybe Skriniar that would have left if De Bruyne came, if um, no. Bremer came in. That no. potentially they they may have actually got rid of De Bruyne as well and then brought in say somebody mm. like Milenkovic or, or someone like that to be the to be the the other centre back. So it is a possibility that they have seen this. Because um, his decline is obvious, but also at the same time, I find no, it kind of strange because he's thirty years old this year, and he, he's always um, he's never been quick. He's always been slow, so he it shouldn't be it shouldn't necessarily be a physical thing, really. No, it's not. No, but it's it's not just that. I mean, you saw the second goal um, uh, for 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 both. For, well, I mean, the, the first goal. People, you know, I, I myself also blame Chalanoglu because when you look at first glance, I think Chalanoglu should look up before he hits that pass. But that is all on Stefan de Frey. You should, you should meet the ball. He runs away from it. And, 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 and Correa as well, but it's, it's de Frey again. The second goal, look, for the love of God, why Bastoni and de Frey are looking at Giroud. For, there's four of them, five of them in the box, two Milan players with Giroud, and no one's marking him. They're ball watching. Same thing for Leao's. Third, for Leao's second goal, Milan's third yeah. goal, Bastoni and De Frey standing on their heels, ball watching. Why? What is going on? Yeah, Bastoni and, was Bastoni was basically walking after uh, Leao. But I mean, the only th- only explanation I can have for Bastoni on that is that he left it to he left Leao to to De Vrij. He, he thought you know De Vrij was um, was slightly closer to him um it was than than Bastoni was and he left it to him and that's why he didn't chase after him because he basically walked over to him and De Vrij was just yeah I mean, he barely made an attempt himself it was so easy I mean it was a great bit of skill don't get me wrong but it was so easy for for for, for Liao to go past me he barely had to do anything to 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 to, to you know open up his body and he didn't really do much I, again I don't want to take anything away from him it was a wonderful goal but it was such bad defending and so it was just so simple for him to just to stroll through and then and then pick his pick his spot after it and yeah it's about I mean my bigger concern is Bastoni I mean what is going on with Bastoni yeah. at the moment I mean this guy you know it's the same I mean, no with one Barella doubts about it technically no one doubts technically what an incredible player he is on the ball you know break lot breaking the lines with a pass or bringing it out and those crossfield passes but defensively I mean. I am starting to have have, have some concerns now. No, I I would have, I wouldn't have concerns because I think it's important to remember that Bastoni isn't isn't exactly the oldest player in the world, and I think a lot of his you know defensive deficiencies were hide by the Antonio Conte system, but also above all last season by an Ivan Perisic who just never stopped running back up and down that left flank. I don't see it's a problem. I think it's more a, a you know a development and, and crescita, as they say in Italy. I think it's about growing for him um, uh, and, and learning because he's still, again, I said he's not he's not you know he's, he's not very old. Um, so I'm not too worried. I think it's it's more about learning to um, to, to, to you know to develop and and, and improve and, and keep working hard because I don't think he is the 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 finished product uh, in terms of um, as, as defenders go. I mean, he's only 23 and and he's already. You know, he's won everything in Italy domestically. He's won a Euros. I mean, it's gone really, really quick for him. So he's still on that path where he's growing. Um, with Barella, 
it, it's I, I think it's more a mental thing, and I think it's energy as well. I think against Cremonese, we saw last week. I said, you know, it's too uh, too soon to make to say whether he's back, but it was signs of improvement. And then you go into the derby, and he just pulls out the worst performance of his career. Um, it was it was absolutely unwatchable. He was he was nowhere where he was supposed to be. Um, and him and Denzel Dumfries didn't realize until the 38th, 39th minute that maybe they should track back and help Milan Skriniar so that he's not exposed for space alone one-on-one with Rafael Leao. Now, all of these things that I've mentioned, when it comes to these things, when it comes to these two things, uh, with Bastoni and Barella and Inter's defense in midfield, that's down to Simone Inzaghi. And it kind of ties together what we spoke about a little bit earlier about the Frey and Bremer as well. Simone Inzaghi prepared a preseason for... Bremer and Milenkovic and to play with a higher defensive line. That's what he's done. That's what he did all preseason. None of them arrived. And now he's, and, and last week I said he should lower the defensive line. Yeah, and he's done that. The problem is the midfield hasn't, hasn't received that memo because there's, an, there's, there's acres of space that, you know, the, the, the iceberg that hit the Titanic could fit between Inter's defensive line and its midfield right now. It's, it's just ridiculous. And as well, soon as Inter. On. And as that soon as Inter is... lose the ball, you you you're you're alone with Inter's defender seven on six on three. Lazio I can't did it. allow a Titanic reference to be made without transitioning over to Allegri because I I, I don't know <laughs> allowing that to just sit out there without anyone pouncing <laughs> is is criminal. I um I mean you want to talk about not growing um I mean Allegri if <laughs> if if. if he was around during the earlier part of the 20th century. I am convinced this football would have been oh, written God. into the Geneva Convention because <laughs> there have to be some sort of oh, there has stop. to be some sort of penalty against playing like this so consistently. There has I, to be. There. Th- this is. I, I mean, I would. You know how in airports uh, all over the world. I have generally found CNN International to be the go-to channel that is on yeah, it displayed is. in just about every airport. I mean, they had it in Zurich, for, you know, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> if they truly wanted people to tune out and not watch, throw on never-ending loops of Allegri football. And I, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about uh, oh, a, a higher... A higher TV bill because nobody would be watching that. I mean, no, no, John, no, no. There's definitely definitely been improvement. There's definitely been improvement. There is there's, been improvement. There's been an embryo. Year. There's an embryo there. I, there I is an it. embryo there. There I is just, an embryo. I don't there. understand the thing that gets me. Um, and for for the for the life of me, I I cannot understand it. And maybe you feel this way too, Carlo. But for what? The second or third match in a row? This kind of reflected how Juve uh, played against Roma. You get a very early lead, okay, by one goal. Why are you resting on your laurels? Why are you not going to chase a second and then a third? I I, I just... he, He... it's almost like at nine minutes he thinks, oh, okay, well, we can... Because you have to be able to, to attack. defend, that's okay. John, you have to be able to, to attack. Yeah, you have to be able to... to... To to create a, guy a team. with no functioning knees, scored a goal within ten minutes though. 
Yeah, I mean, well, a guy hit, who hit, hit has the, more hit him on the chest. I mean, oh, plastic in his barely, knee than a bar. I mean, he, the, barely, uh, I mean he, he, he didn't hit. He didn't kick it. He just hit, he just did it in. Uh, but, yeah, and I the mean, fact he was even near the goal line is in of itself a, a yeah. indictment. Well, Juventus is mean, only moved. shot on goal the, the the entire game. I mean, I, I don't what do I don't know what to say anymore, John. I, I people For me, that it's listen, the second people half. that listen to me, people that listen to to the to 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 this pod and have listened to this pod since the Allegri returned over a year ago, know that I just repeat myself every single week. Um, you guys who are probably sick of me repeating the same things, you know, is is I thought that the only positives from this game was it was a decent result. A draw away to Fiorentina mm. is a decent result. Perrin was brilliant. Uh, I think he's got to be the best number two in Serie A, well, him or Hanana. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, maybe shouldn't be the number two. But, but Danilo, Danilo exactly. and Bremer, I thought, were, were excellent again as a partnership, apart from, I don't know what happened yeah. with, the, with the Fiorentina goal, that the, the whole defensive setup. It took you this to long apart. to get to uh, our yeah. boy in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there, don't worry. Um, you know, that's that's the positives. Everything else is negative. I mean, we saw what we saw from Juventus as a as a an attacking force, as, an, as you know, constructively embarrassing. One shot on goal all game. The Milik chest, uh, four shots in total to seventeen, forty percent possession, two corners to ten. I mean, those stats tell the story. The second half, as Nima said brilliantly on the on the post match podcast, uh, you know, the second half for a team like Juventus to just put 10 men in their own third and just defend and not even attempt to cross the halfway line. Um, That's just the defend thing. their lead. You know, and comfortably, let, let me be fair, they comfortably defend, defended it. Fiorentina never looked like scoring. But just to defend and not even try and win, I mean, that that just is not acceptable. For a team like Juventus, for, such a, for a super club, for such a giant club, that is not how Juventus plays. That is how a provincial team plays. They put... 10 men behind the ball, they pack their box and they just try and get lucky with a counter-attack. That is not how Juventus play. That is not how a 9 million a year manager, Allegri, one of the best, I think sixth best paid manager in the world, that is not how you set up your team. And if I'm I sorry, told but- you that they had an XG of over two only once so far this season... Yeah, well, even against Roma, which was one of their up. better games, they had a 0.7 xG. You know, the two goals oh, they yeah. scored I'm against looking at the two unders- goals they scored against Roma were miracle goals. They were 0.1 xG, and they they do not constructively as an attacking force. They are a, a, they are a disgrace, Juventus. They are a disgrace. It is abysmal what Allegri is doing in attacking sense with Juventus. Is there is just it is awful. They've had one shot on goal against Sampdoria all game. They had one shot on goal all game against Fiorentina. They had zero shots on goal in the second half against Roma. And that was a game in which they played well in the first half for them. I mean, it's I mean, that's just embarrassing. This is Juventus. No, the, the attack the attack is is I mean, especially for me, the, the you know I I think the, the attacking part against like a second half in Fiorentina, that was unacceptable to me because that was clearly Allegri telling them not to attack and 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 I mean I don't have a problem with the rotations I don't have a problem with I have a problem with playing Western McKenney who I know Carlo is adamant is simply not good enough to play for Juve I'm kind of leaning towards that but I have right, question no. marks no but I mean I, I just have que- and, and, he's, and it's so obvious that he's just not in match he's just not match fit he's not in match form whilst Miretti is and 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 I, I don't understand why he and, and why not Rabiot I mean do you know what I mean? like I don't understand why he played McKenney um, I, I don't for so long as he did. Other than mm. that, 
I thought Kostic on left wing was good. I think Milik as a backup to Vlaovic works. Di Maria I didn't think uh, Kostic is not a left winger. You know, he's not. He's not a left winger. He's never played there in his entire career. Why are you playing Kostic on the left wing of a 4 3 3? He's a wing back. Why are you playing him there? It's, it's pointless. Mm. He's not going to create. He can't beat his man. He's not going to dribble past his player, like, say, like, you know, Kvaratskhelia is going to do or Rafael Leal is going to do, or, you know, like you expect from a top winger at a top club. You expect them to eliminate, take on their man. He's not going to do that. All he can do is just cross the ball, just cross it. Put a cross in. He's got a great cross in it. He needs to be from. He needs to play a winger. You can't play him as a winger. I mean, well, four four two. Let him play in that favorite four four two of yours. Yeah. No, no. He should <laughs> play a three. I mean, in Juve's Juve. This Juve was made to play a three five two, and the sooner Allegri understands that, the better off Juve and Allegri will be. But um, my my issue is, I, I mean, especially with Danilo and Bremer playing so well together in, in the middle of defense, I think you know just put them in a back three and then, and then you put Gatti or, or or Alexander as a left back and, and you're sorted and coming, I mean, coming to McKenney just because you brought up yeah, McKenney he's got to yeah, the point I mean, everybody knows my opinion on McKenney I've been hammering the guy for 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 over for two years since we since we started this part two years ago I've been hammering McKenney I said it from the start when everyone was raving yeah. about him getting excited like like a lot of fans generally when a new signing comes in they like to get over excited before they've even seen the player barely playing their games you know I've said within a couple of games that this guy's not Juventus quality. I've been getting hammered by it for ages, you know, and now I think everybody, most 95% of Juventus fans now accept that McKenney is way off Juventus level. But, you know, that's not the point. You know, I can say the same about Moise Keane as well. He was also, it's just unwatchable. But it's got to the point now where I'm not even going to sit and criticise them for being, for being, you know, bad footballers. Because, you know, I mean... What look at what Allegri has done to to Locatelli? I mean, Locatelli is playing close to McKenny's level at the moment. You know, he's not playing. He's closer to McKenny's level than he was. You know, the player that joined Juve from um, you know from after that great Euros that he had for Italy, where he was one of the best midfielders in the Euro Euros. I mean, it's got to the point now where I kind of like I said, I don't think it actually matters who plays for Juve. This is what we're going to expect from Juventus. This is how they're going to play now. We're not, we're not, they're not improving. They're not going to improve as a team. He, if they've not improved in 15 months that Allegri's been there with two pre-seasons, with all these new signings, including Paredes, who was supposed to help structurally, okay, maybe you could say it's too soon, it's only one game, he hasn't had a pre, pre he hasn't played much for PSG, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if they're not going to improve now, they're not going to improve. This is, this is the kind of football that we're going to expect from Juventus now. A, a, a Juventus team that has no structure, no team play, no... No patterns of play, no cohesion, no no fluidity. You know, can't string two or three passes together. Can't create anything. Can't attack. Just relying on a low block, counter attacking, and just relying on the moment of magic from one of their better players. This is what we're going to expect now. It, it doesn't matter who plays. Yes, of course. When Pogba's back from injury, hopefully that chronic meniscus problem doesn't you know doesn't hamper him this season when Di Maria is is back from injury and, that, and that's a little bit of a concern how many injuries he's been getting already this season he's back and then he and he gets injured again then he's back and now he's injured again you know that's a concern but when those two are back when Chiesa is hopefully back and he's been delayed now he probably is not going to be back till January but when he's back hopefully you know of course Juventus are going to be better because these are top players Juventus are going to be better but it's going to have nothing to do with Allegri Nothing at all. The team are not going to play any better. It's just going to be, you know, these guys might, you know, resolve a few games for Juventus just through their own brilliance, not through 
Juventus playing as a team because it's quite clear now that it doesn't matter who plays for Juventus, they're not going to play as a as a progressive team. Oof. I hope I'm proved okay. wrong. No, no I, th- well, I think they will. I just think the only thing I didn't like was um, the, the the second the second half uh, attitude. Um, but look, it's it's PSG next, and I think the comments he made I know would piss you off and piss a lot of people off. Um, but that's look, he is an old school Italian manager. He is the last of the Trapattoni, Capello kind of guys, and and he, you know, those guys would say stuff like, you know, oh no, we're we're not even going. We don't have a chance against PSG. You know, we're focusing on. On Benfica, um, and and that, and he's doing that to to. It's an old school, tried and tested way to get players to fire up um, for you know for, for is, the game. But, but it's, that, it's, is I, it's it I don't I don't see the logic. I don't see logic. I mean, I like to think of myself when it comes to psychology to to be you know being you know uh, uh, you know knowing my stuff a little bit you know. But but I don't see how that can fire up and get the best out of your players by basically telling them it doesn't matter if they lose to. To PSG, the PSG game doesn't even matter because it's going to be the Benfica game. The size, I don't, I don't see it at all. Especially when he's trying know, to get keep... them to be angry. He's trying to hurt their pride. Like that's he's trying to piss them off. But this is the same manager thing. that basically praises them every single every single game as playing a good game when they when they haven't. They've been abysmal, you know. Yeah, saying yeah, that he was happy against Sampdoria with a nil nil. Yeah, because that's that's the but old this is the, school. Is this, but this like, isn't isn't this the problem with Allegri that he he is. His communication, his, his communication, and his training methods are definitely not modern. I'd, I've never, I would never accuse him of that, and never have. And if some mm. people were praising him as the best communicator in Italian football, which made me laugh so hard, I almost, I may or may have. Well, not I used wet to really myself. admire him for but, his communication in his first spell at Juventus. I used to think the way that he was handled the press, he never used to get rattled. He was always controlling them. He was always in control of the the debates in the press. Now he just, he just, he's he's become. A parody. He, he he rattles off the same things every single time. You know, it's all about being defensively playing well defensively than it is about attacking. Uh, beautiful football. He, I don't want to care about beautiful football. It's about winning, even though his teams aren't winning. You know, it, all these kind of things is about having a strong mentality. We've got to be better, stronger mentally. You know, it's all is always it's never about praising someone for their what they did attacking wise. Someone like Moretti, it's about criticizing them for for what they've done defensively. You know, he's become a parody now, and I, I just no. I, I think I think he knows what he's doing. I I, I think the, the communication um, is is old school, um, and 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 this is who he is. He's always been old school. He was that last time was at Juve. The difference was that he had a the results were going his way, and he was more relaxed. And now he's hmm. he's not relaxed because this is Juve, and and, and there's an expectation. There. I mean, I said I said at the beginning of the season, if there's one thing I want to see from Allegri before anything else is I want him to start treating Juventus like a big team, like a super club. And that means that you attack the opposition, that you, you're the masters on the pitch, you're the bosses on the pitch. If that means, okay, you sit off a little bit, if you play a little bit like Antonio Conte, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to play Pep Guardiola football. I'm saying that you, you make your mark on the, on the game and, you, and you're the bosses on the pitch. They're not. That be it playing as a low block, just 10 men behind the ball and just trying to launch counterattacks, that is not befitting of a top club. And Fabio Capello said that himself. You know, Juventus are playing like a provincial club. That is how Allegri has been setting up his team ever since he rejoined. And it hasn't changed, you know. And people say, you know, I know you seem to think there has been signs of improvement. I don't see them. I just see the same style of play from from, from the start. And the Fiorentina, the Fiorentina game um, confirmed that. 
And, you know, then he's saying that, you know, basically writing off the PSG game, which a big club should never write off a game against. So even if you think deep down you're going to lose, and I think most people expect them to lose to PSG, you don't write off a game. And also, it didn't make it. He's also, uh, it's also, he's also, um, doesn't make any sense because he's writing off the game. Yet why is he resting Vlaovic? Why is he resting well, that, players? It makes perfect. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. It makes perfect sense because he's saying stuff like that just to piss them off, to rile them up. Um, and and again, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this is the, uh, this is not how I would communicate if I were in shoes. I'm just explaining that this is how he does. I understand the line of reasoning. It's really really old school. Whether or not it works remains to be seen. But mm. um, I do I I think for me the the, the lack of, of of trying to win the game for 45 minutes against Fiorentina is that that surprised me and I think that is unacceptable mm. um, and it, I'll tell you what also is unacceptable is that fans are fed up of watching this crap you, I mean Allegri can say what he wants about oh it doesn't matter about you know the entertainment I don't care it's all about the winning wanna, but first of all, wanna, first of all wanna, as I you... said first of all as I said they're not winning they're not being a successful team since he's returned so that is that is just a stupid thing to say if they were winning that's fine you can say that but they're not winning number two you know is in modern football generally in the last few years we have seen that playing progressive football does tr- is generally what is translating into success generally you get exceptions but generally it is what is translating into success that's number 2 but number 3 fans fans want to you know Juventus fans they watch the game you know football for everyone it's like an escape from life that's what's the beauty about it is for me i'm sure it is for both of you guys right when you watch a game of football you watch your team play you want it okay you want them to win but you also you want to enjoy it you want to look forward to watching your team play now can you for Juventus fans now it's they don't want it's just it's 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 actually a chore watching Juventus now. It's actually punishment watching Juventus. And it's the same for neutrals. Neutrals don't want to watch them. Right now, Juventus are, there's no doubt about it. I watch football from other leagues. I cover other leagues. Juventus are the most boring team in Europe by a mile. It's not even close. They are the worst team to watch in Europe. From You, you pick out anyone from the big leagues. I mean, Atletico Madrid, they're not great under Simeone. They have a certain style of play. Um, so I asked a few friends, Preston apparently from the championship, They've only scored two goals and conceded one in, in eight games this season, which is, uh, I think, even Allegri would be would be proud of that. West Ham under Moyes, I'm not I'm not a fan of him uh, of their of their way they play. Um, you know, there's a few other ones as well um, that are not not great, but no one comes close to to Juventus. Can you can you guys name a team that are more boring to watch? Than Juventus. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure if I ventured into Serie B, I could come no, up with two names. No, shit on but, Serie B. Leave Serie no. B alone. So no, Luma, all right. Well, that disagrees. Juventus is the most boring okay. team. <laughs> no, all right. Okay. I'm just going to say what Saint Santo Max says. He says, if you want to be entertained, go watch the circus. Like All right. that. Well, <laughs> that's exactly yeah, what you know, are, Excuse right me if I want to move on from uh, yes. Juventini uh, being able to lament. I, I know yeah. it's been a very difficult past decade, so my, my sincere yeah, exactly. condolences. Thank you. Is, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, let, let's go to two teams who have plenty of reason to cry. Uh, Lazio Napoli, and then we'll get to Udinese, Roma, and then we will get into Champions League stuff. Uh, Lazio Napoli. Um, it had just about everything that I love about Serie A. So we had uh, taking absolute uh, dumps on the referee. We had Lazio <laughs> uh, in the in the post match actually releasing uh, a, statement a statement from uh, the the new thing now with Serie A clubs is they have like refereeing consultants. Uh, Roma has one, Lazio have one. I'm fairly certain Napoli have one. 
this is like the new thing now with VAR. We have to hire a consultant, which everybody knows who who works. Uh, anybody in the business world knows consultant basically means nothing. Has anybody anybody who has seen the 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 movie Office Space will be able to uh, relate to this one? But it was if you, I believe Lazio still have it up. The, this statement they released. Um, I mean, they, they made it seem like they were wrongfully convicted of murder. Um, the way the statement read. I mean, my goodness, talk about an overreaction. Napoli, in my opinion, I think they deserved that win. You also have the continued breakout, Nima, of this guy that you really like. Mm-hmm. And we talked about him briefly a couple of weeks ago, but I, I, I think that he deserves a bit more discussion yeah. because he really has been a shining light. And let's be clear, okay, unexpected, well, very unexpected. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, he's been amongst... Chvicha uh, Kvaratskhelia has been on the radar for, for quite some time as being, you know, a, a huge talent. I remember in 2018, The Guardian named him amongst the 60 best young players worldwide. Um, I, For me, I, I, I really noticed him when, when, he, when he killed Sweden's World Cup hopes by scoring twice uh, in Georgia um, when they beat Sweden 2-0. Um, and, and, I mean, this guy is, you know, we think that he, I mean, he turned... He came through the youth system at Dinamo Tbilisi, and he, he was 16 years old when he um, began his t- his senior career there. And he moved on a year later. And then in 2019, he turned to the Russian Premier League. He played for Lokomotiv Moscow on loan, um, and uh, you know, and, and they were disappointed. I remember, you know, Lokomotiv Moscow manager Yuri Semin was very angry at the time that he they couldn't sign him, and especially when he went to Rubin Kazan, where he signed a five year deal at the age of 18. Um, and obviously after the war in Ukraine, he was able to suspend his contracts and, 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 and he went to, um, um, he, he joined Dinamo Batumi in Georgia. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, throughout all of this, Napoli, you know, throughout all these years, cause I mean, let's be honest, we, let's be clear. This is a guy who's been tracked by both, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City, um, the biggest clubs in Europe have wanted him. Um, and throughout all of this, Napoli, Juntoli uh, have been in contact. They've used actually a former two former Milan players, um, Kaladze, but above all, Cristian Zaccardo, um, who advises Hrvica Kvaratskhelia, and and they ke- and they were they they've kept you know contact with him and showed that they really wanted him, and and they couldn't they couldn't afford him before. But when the when the offer was you know when 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 there was an offer on the table that when when the price was 10, 12 million euros, then they pounced. Um, and and they did right in doing so. I mean, the guy is, you know, he, uh, from, he he has literally everything. I mean, he's, he's fairly ambidextrous. He's good in the air. He's good at doing his man. Um, he he doesn't seem to have any weaknesses. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, I think it, it doesn't exactly hurt him that he come that his father is Badri Kvaratskhelia, who who's uh, used to play for the Azerbaijani national team. Is also a footballer. So. No, he he really does have pretty much everything, and that shot we saw against Napoli, which <clears throat> excuse me, which hits the post, um, that was, was unbelievable. Just, yeah. I mean, the technique it does to do that, and and he yeah. does it time and time again. Well, no, it it it, it followed the Zidane turn, the famous Zinedine Zidane turn, where he yeah. does one foot on the ball and then turns with the other foot and does a kind of like a kind of almost like a pirouette kind of, um, yeah, know, and 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 it's, that was I mean that was unbelievable. You know, and then with one step forward, he then unleashes this missile 
which hits the post. I mean, that that's a goal of the season contender straight away. Without that goes in, but he's. I love watching the guy. Um, he's, you know, sometimes players come along who just instantly, you know, within minutes of watching them, you can tell that this is a special talent that's that's gonna, you know, it's gonna make it all the way to the top, and that is the impression that you got from this guy within minutes of watching him in Napoli's first game of the season against Verona, wasn't it? And he was already, I mean, he, he's fearless as well, like from a mental point of view for a 21-year-old. He wants the ball all the time. He's not scared to try tricks. He, you know, and he's got a lot of them as well. He's very, he's not predictable. He can go inside, he can go outside. He, you know, right foot, left foot, both footed, shoot with both feet. He even scored a goal with his head against uh, Verona as well. Um, and, you know, searing pace. He's already scored four goals already um, this season. And, you know, ahead of the Liverpool game in the Champions League, I think that, you know, against Trent Alexander-Arnold, who who obviously is he's a wonderful player going forward, but he is dodgy defensively. I really think he can get him in, in Naples. I, I think that that is where... He can really cause he can really cause problems uh, against Liverpool. Well, I mean, one of the funniest, you know, his name uh, in Megrelian, which is a sister language of Georgian, which is sp- spoken in the western part of Georgia, means in in, in that language the, the the word chvicha means shiny or brilliant, and he absolutely is. He shines like a star so far, and I think his future is is shiny as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt he was the man of the match against Lazio. Yeah. No doubt about it. But there were also a lot of impressive performance uh, in that game. I thought Napoli were great. Have to give a shout out for the centre midfielders. Lobotka and Anguissa, I thought, were superb. They they really, they run the show in the centre midfield. Lobotka, what a lovely player he is. What a beautiful player. They're my kind of central midfielders. Xavi, Marco Verratti, Pirlo, but more like Xavi and and Verratti. He's out of their this playbook. This is Spalletti. But this is Spalletti. Yeah. Look, Lobotka, this is what he does. Luciano Spalletti gets gets so much slack for not winning titles. And he doesn't get the respect he deserves for developing and improving players. This is, again, once again, Luciano Spalletti. People talk about Marcelo Brozovic today as as, as, he's, as if he's always been fantastic. No, he wasn't. He was very un- inconsistent until Luciano Spalletti got his hands on him and turned him into this world-class player that we see now. And we've seen that he's done it. He's done it countless times at Roma. He's done it throughout his career. This is what he does. And mm. and now he's done it with Lobotka. And I, I have to say, even Zelinski, I mean, I, I really like this guy. He's, he's so underrated. No, yeah. Napoli, look, I, I think Napoli, Napoli's biggest, you know, they're, they're going to finish top four. And, and, I, and I have them as my dark horse to win the Serie A because if the stars align for them, I know it's a young and inexperienced team, but I do think they have what it takes to win this league. I really do. If everything is perfect, if everything falls to falls to place, they're not the favourites. That's Milan Inter, and even I even have Juve ahead of them as fate as far as favourites go. But this is a this when it works, this team is an absolute wonderful team to watch. Hmm. Well, uh, now apparently it's your another turn. team. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Now we're it's not going your to spend turn. a lot don't, of time on this. Don't think this um, isn't this isn't school where you keep your head down and we won't call you. It's your well, turn to suffer. Here's the thing: is um, <laughs> Roma, in my opinion, and this is this is probably the 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 uh, the unpopular take on this. It, it, it's not as if Udinese played brilliant and Roma played that bad. Roma, if you look through the first five match days, the amount of uh, 
goal scoring chances that they have missed. This match was going to happen. It could have been Juve, it could have been Inter, it could have been Udinese. This was going to happen. This was always coming. This was this was going to happen regardless of who the opponent was, in my opinion, because they have wasted so many chances. It mm. doesn't matter if you create 1,000 chances and the opponent only misses four. It's all about who takes advantage of them. And that's what Udinese did yesterday. It, Udinese, I, I, I don't know what their XG was. I, I assume it was, it was higher than Roma's, but I can't imagine it was over two. I mean, they they had three or four goal scoring opportunities and they scored all four of them. Half of them. The first comes from Rick Karsdorp going full uh, 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 galaxy brain and doing an absolute um, limp dick uh, <laughs> chested down ball to uh, Rui Patricio and our man. If there is one person on Udinese that we can all get behind, it's... Uh, the uh, the gentleman that made an appearance on our uh, on our podcast, I mean, he slams it into the back of the net. Karsdorp looking like an absolute moron. Um, five minutes later, Paulo Dybala threw on goal, doesn't even hit the target. I I I know Carlos going to probably smirking at this. It like <laughs> no, this I love was, Dybala. This is what Roma did last season. I, you know, they could have a world-class goal, but I, I was more impressed at ways they, they they managed to not score goals. I was, you know, somebody could score on a half volley from the uh, from the halfway line, and I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be that impressed. I'd be more impressed by the fact that Roma can score from uh, uh, half a yard uh, in front of the goal without any defender by them. Um, the second half, they were completely unbalanced because Jose Mourinho was going for it. That's I, I'm not too concerned about the changes. Zeki Celik threw on goal. Nobody around him. He 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 um he slows down a little bit. Looks for a penalty. I thought it was a penalty, but whatever. I'm not going to complain. No, look, for me, cry. we have to. I mean, Mariska was, was no Mariska was was was. I mean, I'm I'm surprised Mourinho didn't go harder. He was dreadful. I, yeah, so was I, to be honest with he you. Was <laughs> he was dreadful in this game. He was made, very I mean, bad. did you see? I mean, the, 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 he made those things that it's just like the, the. I just think, I just hear Antonio Conte's voice. Sempre do, Mariz, guys. Sempre do. And you can understand why, because the guy is just a pain in the neck. He's completely incompetent. It's so he shouldn't weird. be. Yeah. He shouldn't be doing. He shouldn't be in charge of any. And, 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 and I mean, speaking on the, on, on the refereeing thing, I agree with Lazio. I, 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 I when I watched, uh, when I when I first watched it, I didn't you know see it, but I'm surprised that VAR didn't call a penalty on on Lazzari being that, that because your arms yeah. not supposed to be there. We saw lots of things like that. Yeah, um, well, the, it, it kind of reminds me um, what they are saying. It, the thing that bothers me, and and I know this is something we have touched upon, and I, it's only five match days in. Just just mentally, I, I don't have the strength to do this for the next like eight months, so I, I'm going to avoid it. But in all seriousness, the application of the VAR is still completely broken. All summer, I had to hear about, oh, we know where we have to improve from Aya. They were saying, okay, we have to improve this. We're going to improve communications with the with the teams. We're going to consider having the referee meet with the media after the match to explain their decisions, which they still haven't, um, they, they're, they're not doing yet. Um, we will see if that eventually happens. But all summer I had to hear uh, from uh, Gianluca Rocchi that, okay, we know what is wrong. 
we're going to fix it in this upcoming season. They and don't yeah, have a clue. I, they don't have a clue. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, as a Roma supporter, of course, anytime I can make fun of Lazio, I'll try and, and, and try and have a go. But they do have a point with they absolutely the application have. it with it. You know, like the, the thing with, with Celic yesterday. Okay, so I thought it was a very clear penalty. I thought it we was too. We that. But, but, but why are we not having a, a review of it? No. Why, are, why is he not going over to the monitor? That is the thing. But the thing is, like, the, well, this is the thing, though. I mean, it's, it's because of the way that the VAR is structured. It wasn't like this when it first began. Correct. Um, when, 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 they, when, they, when they introduced the clear and obvious error uh, part, and also if the referee has seen it, then it cannot be reviewed. So they talk to him, what did you see? And if he says the, what he saw, and that's accurate, you know, is 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 also, con- you know, accurately describes what they can see on the screens, they cannot tell him to 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 review it. And, and that's because they're trying to limit VAR to remove the worst injustices. But I think that's such a cowardly and stupid way to treat it. I mean, everyone was whinging about VAR taking a long time. Well, congratulations. Now you have this situation where, where, you know, the... Where, where where you have these you know these these apparent mistakes and everyone is wondering from the Premier League to the right. to the Serie A everyone's wondering what's the point of VAR then I mean it's it's ridiculous use the yeah, technology I, to eliminate mistakes stop faffing about and if it takes a minute or two then let it take a minute or two it's better than that than having this this non never ending debate about is the re, is the league rigged is it not rigged why is some teams why is this standard allowed in this situation oh, we're not, not talking rigged we can't do no, that but you know but it doesn't matter how long they take doesn't matter how long they take they'll get the decisions wrong doesn't matter no, how but long this, they take no but why unless you i mean well then put in people who have a functioning pair of eyeballs and 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 are cognitive and 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 are, are you know have an IQ above that of a sentient potato and and mm. teach them so that the won't happen though and apply that so that won't happen I mean, unfortunately it'll never happen though you know that unfortunately this is the, what the world is like you know yeah. in every industry no but it's yeah I know but it's eighty percent of people Gen Z I blame all of you <laughs> no, that's why. <laughs> I, I no, have to say why? though, just just to say on the Roma <laughs> thing, I thought that uh, Roma, I thought Roma were really bad all game, um, but I did think that oh, Mourinho. That's com- harsh. I thought I, I thought they were bad all game, but I thought Mourinho completely threw away the game with his half-time subs. He playing Abraham oh. and Belotti together. I just don't I don't see those two working together. I, I have to say, I, I think they're too they're too similar. He went I don't for see it them working. I don't. We, we no, can't criticize. You don't, you don't go for it. Allegri for no. not for not That's, going for it, and then when the penalty, and then Belotti almost got on the the the, the score sheet too. He was a, a, yeah. a quarter of a step. Mm. It's how you I do mean, it. They though. could have you drawn level if that penalty had been awarded. You can't be happy no. with Roma's second half performance. It was they lost their shape completely. In no, the they second were hollow. Half. I thought that was they were Mourinho's hollow in the middle of the pick. And I mean, I'm I, I'm unhappy. Yeah, but that, it wasn't working. Uh, what did they create they in, the, in, the, in the second half? They had a header off a corner, and that was basically it in the second half. They no, well, they, they also they had Shelley. They had Lotti. I think they had Abraham. Abraham as a yesterday, I don't see it working. I don't see it working. Yes, yesterday was the what are these? The hens or the chickens coming home to roost? You can't waste mm. chances like this, and mm. they were made to pay because they have been so wasteful through five match days. Paulo Dybala should have five or six goals. He should be the yeah. top of the scoring charts. And through the first two match days, I think he alone should have been at three or four. Um, the only hope is that this kind of just turns itself around because there's you would just think by by the uh, the 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 law of large numbers that if they continue to create like this, 
they will eventually find the back of the net. But it is Roma. I mean, they've defined logic, physics, uh, Look, basic I don't want to. This before, is what I meant so. a little bit. I also wanted to say uh, I, I don't want to like rub it in, but this is also why when I said that I don't think Roma have a chance to win the Scudetto. Um, this is this is partly it. I don't think that defense and that midfield holds up to, for, Ma, to win the Scudetto. I, and, and, that's, I and I say this with love and respect. Though. No, but you know what yeah, I mean. Cristante and, and, like, and, and Matic as a central midfield duo. Oh, terrible is, fit. Is not, terrible fit. It's not. Terrible it's not. Fit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not. It's yeah, not. I, I mean, that well. would make Allegri blush being a too quick. Yeah, yeah, me too. But we have to. Yeah, that's what I think. Have to do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, so we have, I, we have hey, to, listen, we, we have do to have to talk Udinese about them. Well. Yeah, that, uh, um, I mean, there is so much to like about them. Um, listen, I I did not expect this from them. They were one of the clubs who made a managerial change. That, but it was a I fantastic not, change. I mean, okay, it, it, it was, <laughs> but it, 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 in my opinion, initially, it was not the prudent thing to do. I, I thought. Mm. Stick much like I thought with Spezia with uh, Tiago Motta. Stick with uh, the cohesion. Hmm. Do the prudent thing. Continue on with what you've built. But I mean, this just goes to show you why. Um, no matter if you're in the the media, you know nothing. Eventually, um, no. I but mean, I mean, if we look at Udinese, look. But, but they, I, I guess the thing that I just have to say very quickly is that you know, with Udinese, I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's just if you ever been to to Friuli in general, it's just not a whole lot going on, and that well, that, I mean, that, that seems to. Well, it goes down to the team. They've always, always been so boring. John ripping always. the towns and the cities that clubs are from. No, no, we're, no. we're going to because do a segment Veneto, of ones he? that I like I mean, the most. Because <laughs> I actually just booked my tickets to Liguria, and I can't wait to go back. Because yeah. I, I haven't no, been to Liguria Genova is beautiful. in time. Listen, Best. look, yeah. for me, for me, this is once They're again. Exciting. They play exciting football, and that's it. That's all I have to say. No, no, but look, this, this is for me, uh, again, the Pierpaolo Marino. Um, from from Becao, who he discovered, to Pereira, who was fantastic yesterday. Beto, Makengo, Samarjic, Deolofeo. I mean, this is, you know, and also Sotil. Uh, Andrea Sotil was the coach who was excellent at Ascoli. I mean, he he gets these things right. He always does this. He's done it his entire career. And He and overweight he... Stanley Tucci, man. He is... <laughs> So somebody oh, said that on Twitter, and now I can't stop oh. seeing that on Marino. No, but just he's, Google he's a it, and you'll understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah he's a fantastic. It returns the model of ten to fifteen years ago. We discussed yeah. this last season when yeah. we when we had Udoji on the on yeah. and or Delafeo on the pod. One of the two, I can't remember. We asked them, and they said that yeah, this was their model. Now this is what they're returning to, and you're you're seeing that they're they're, mm. they're bringing out these little gems, these more unknown players that we don't know, and they also play a very you know, progressive type of football, modern type yes. of football. They're a modern-run club. Uh, they showed lots of energy against Roma. Well, they have their own stadium uh, for crying out loud. Just that. I mean, they have yeah. a new and oh, oh, they have a new stadium which they own and run. No, Even they, when the they stadium's are... not full, it looks good. Actually, I love how they yeah. have the coloured seats. It kind of looks yeah. almost looks yeah, like the illusion fantastic. of looking like yeah. like it looks good. It's, it looks attractive even when there's no when there's no fans in there. But I have to say though. Um, Samadzic, who scored the goal that yeah. Rui Patrizio did a did a boo boo on. How oh, though? I, I thought that he was very good, and and he's somebody that I know because I spoke to people about him a couple of years ago. Was really highly rated when he joined Leipzig, and but he's only twenty now. I didn't realize yeah. he was still that young, and so he definitely looks like nice left foot. He looks like someone to watch. Uh, Delafeo, great to watch. There was one moment when Delafeo did a cross with his shoulder. I don't know if you guys saw that. He, yeah. Yes. Full came yes. and he shouldered it into the. And I thought, oh, wow. I love, I love watching him. He's a real entertainer. I, yeah. 
he was fantastic guy. I thought, and we, I think Nima, you and I said it. I, I thought Not every single big club, all the top four in the Serie A, could have used him. him. Yeah. Like, oh great. my God. I, I mean, you want to talk about, great. you know, just great. tactical versatility. I mean, you could put him in any formation and find space for him. No, but I mean, above all, Napoli. I mean, they, so they wanted him, but they couldn't offload Politano. So they so they had to stay. And I think that was, that was a I'd have taken him mistake. at Juve, for sure. I think Roma could yeah. have taken him as well, you know, because he's yeah, well, played many of those systems. No, I, I would have. Mean, I'd rather have Deolofeo yeah. Inter than Joaquin Correa. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but just finally, I have to say one thing. We'll have to say one thing. Udoji. I mean, we, yeah. we've spoken about him a lot. He's our guy. You know, I like to say that I discovered him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, we had him on our pod. And, and uh, you know, I think he's going to have a great career. But, you know, Italy are playing in the Nations League coming up at the end of this month against England and against Hungary. Not too much pressure on it, on those games. For me, start him as left back. I know he's me been too. playing as a left wing me back. Too. I know he's been uh, playing as a left, yeah. left wing back for, for Udinese. It's different. Me too. Three, on the right four. too. So yes. Yeah, <laughs> but I would have him. I mean, do you know, his last 10 games for Udinese between the start of this season and last season, last 10 games, Udogi has five goals and three assists from the left wing back. Can you just is, Im- those can are you insane just, numbers. Can you just imagine what Conte. he will turn into once Antonio Conte gets mm. his hands on this guy? Oh, he's man made. I mean, he's, he's, he was built, he was bi- like, I, I think Kulusevsky, but so is the, Udoji and Kulusevsky were built, born what? to play for Antonio Conte. What and Udoji? He's going to just, <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> no, he's, he's just going to, he's just going to turn him. He's going to train him and teach him time it always runs, somehow goes game. back to Conte or Inter <laughs> It it's unbelievable. What I say it's... is great about Udoji is he he his gives and goes. He if you see he plays it into like the, mm. uh, a forward's feet or or somebody that's a little bit more advanced than him, and then he just sprints into the yeah. space to take the to take the second pass or to take the you know the one two, and and he's just devastating. He just de- and he makes great runs into the box. You know, we're talking about players that make late runs in the box. You know, like Frank Lampard style runs in the box. Obviously, he's coming from a wide position, but he is as good as anyone and making those late runs. He's always a threat. You know, and when you talk about teams that have a goal threat in their team, and you look and you think, right, apart from the forwards, who's going to score goals in this team? You know, are there any centre midfielders that are going to score? Are there any wide midfielders? Are the wing backs going to score? He's your player that you know if he's in your team. He's going to get you five to ten goals a season, guaranteed, mm. because he's got goals in him. And over the course of a league season, that is, you know, that's a huge weapon to have in your squad. And speaking of goals having in him, we've got to move on. Bologna and Mihailovic uh, are lucky to have Marco Arnautovic, who is now the top goal scorer in the Serie A. Five goals, two penalties. Um, he's quick and he looks better than he's ever done. And he, he scored two good goals against Spezia, and now he's the top goal scorer in the Serie A. And I remember Manchester United fans trying to cancel him effectively <laughs> yeah. uh, for things that... Unsubstantiated. Unsubstantiated, unsubstantiated claims, yeah. yeah. Whilst having Cristiano Ronaldo, which they welcomed with open arms just 12 months yeah. earlier. The less said about that, the better. But it, it, the hypocrisy there is hilar- hilarious. But mm. I mean, he's he is he's really, you know, he's 33 years of age. He's really having a He's having the best time of his career, and he's single-handedly keeping Sinisa Mihailovic in his job. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he, yeah. You know, we love Miha, but no, we don't. Tactically, man, we don't. I just no, um, we don't. This this guy is this, the reason. This is, 
No, he is like the, there's that, you know, there's a popular meme of uh, the person like in the group project who doesn't do anything, but still gets the credit <laughs> that, I mean, we, obviously we wish him the best, what he's going through. Um, yeah, he's of just course. A wonderful, a wonderful, just a wonderful character for yeah, all he's a wonderful but character. as far as a manager goes, no, he always, you know, not I've good enough. Been, Never Pretty outspoken. Him. Yeah. I mean, he, he leaves a lot him. to be desired. We, but he really is the guy in the group project who, who does. is doing either nothing or doing a crap job. And he <laughs> is being uh, held afloat. By the, by the nerves. Oh, yeah, there's, been the a lot, there's been a lot of them places yeah. I've worked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just... It, it's, <laughs> it's usually the other way around, to be honest. It's usually... Yeah. I always say there's, that in this world, there's usually 10% or five, even 5% that do all the work and have all the talent. And then the other, the rest of the 90% just, 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 <laughs> just feed off it basically. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. my, hey, that's my experience in this world. One, but. one, some, someone who, uh, speaking of work done and feed off and in good work, Verona, they, they're like, I, I am so impressed that that game against Sampdoria who are dreadful, but they, this, this, uh, this think, Doug Coig, no, Doug Coig, this Scottish wingback, that watch out for him. Uh, he was um, he was good. He was good for Verona. Sampdoria are the most directionless club in Serie A. No, they the are. Moment. But I mean, they're just basically. It, it, I mean, we know why that is. They're basically waiting for a new new owner to take over. They look pretty good against Juventus. Yeah, oh, and, and they were all right. But <laughs> one but, less but, said about that. No, but they're good at home. They are good at home, and they they make life difficult for you. But Caputo scored a lovely goal. Um, Verona, Thomas Henry will will do will do a job for them, and he's he's strong in the air. Just before we move on to Champions League, because we have to move on now, I have to just say the Serie A is the most competitive league in the world. I tweeted mm. this last week. Yeah. Obviously, there's still two games to play tonight: Monza, Atalanta. Oh, sorry, three games: Salernitana, Empoli, and yeah, Torino, Lecce. But two yeah. points separate the top seven in Serie A. Um, if Atalanta don't win tonight, which is possible, and, they're winning and tonight. That's win. what we need to talk about very quickly. We, we, we all have to do. Who, who's going to Monza? Who? Um, <laughs> part of me thinks they're going to pluck somebody off of the island. Um, I just <laughs> have it. I have it in my bones. They have to. They it. have to take the Zerbi Monza. I don't understand. Stroppa needs to go. He's not good enough. <laughs> he's so bad. I mean, he's he's, so bad. It, Monza have a so decent bad. squad. The sooner Monza sack. Uh, this is this is last he'll get year's... sacked if they lose to Atalanta he'll get sacked no but look this this is this is the the situation we had last year when Hellas Verona appointed Eusebio Di Francesco the sooner they sacked him things went well the sooner Monza sack Stroppa and bring in the Zerbi life will go really well for Monza because they have a decent squad and they will they they that can play the football the Zerbi wants get him out of there um but come on um, Champions League I want to talk yeah. Champions League I want to hear yeah, what Nima talk. says well, because um, yeah, if I if I can just introduce this, John, because we and you did discuss this uh, a little bit a couple of weeks ago. But um, once the Champions League draw was done, and once the transfer window closed last last Thursday, we saw the spending, the ridiculous difference in spending between the Premier League and everyone else. Then we saw the FFP punishment and stuff. It triggered me a little bit, and I, I put out oh, the a, FFP. I, I put I a poll out on my yeah, and I, I put yeah, a poll also, out yeah. on my um, on my Twitter. I did a poll asking uh, whether the uh, Serie A should quit the Champions League. Uh, and the, the results were overwhelmingly, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people voted, that the results were overwhelmingly in favour of um, of quitting the Champions League. 66% of voters said that Serie A clubs should, should quit the Champions League and, and create their own, you know, let's just call it a, 
you know, a Brexit Champions that, that's League. That's my only condition. They're not allowed to create anything. No. <laughs> no, I don't want that. Let I, everybody I else do the creation. Yeah, oh, thank you. That's you what don't I was get gonna... your hands on it. That's exactly You're what You're not I allowed to, to touch it. I don't, I don't want Gravina and, and these guys touching anything. Uh, look, I, it's no secret I was in favor of the European Super League. Um, and I think as soon as the European Court of Justice, the EU's highest court, issues its verdict on the legality of the existence of the European Super League, uh, once that is done and out, then I think they will quit Europe, the UEFA's competition. When will that happen? Will, we don't know when the verdict can come at any point, um, from what I understand. it was I heard September, but you never know with these Supreme Courts. They, these judges take the time they need. Um, but once that comes out, then I think the legal hurdles will be, unless something, and I expect that to be a full vindication of the European Super League project, um, because, but, you know, they, they really, really drew up an airtight uh, contract when they when they put it up. I mean, they, they're legally, they're completely safe. Legal argument, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it, and, it, and it would be very difficult to see how the EU's highest court basically throws out the founding constitution of the EU, which is freedom to contract. And, 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 mm. and, and that's pretty much what this I is. Mean, the, the net spend this summer, EPL, minus 1.33 billion, billion. La Liga in second place with minus 64 million. <laughs> then you've got Serie A on a positive balance of plus 9 million net spend. They actually made a profit. Liga also made a profit, 41 million. And Bundesliga also made a profit, 45 million. I mean, what is the point anymore? Seriously. I mean, well, what's I've the been point of the Champions the League? There I mean, is, no, but there is no point of the Champions League. The Champions League is, is look, the, cha- the the reason why UEFA likes the Champions League is because the, the, that's their tournament that they own and they get to have the Premier League clubs play in it for free essentially and they make money off of it and that's why mm. the UEFA is protecting the Premier League club it's not it's not a conspiracy it's just about money you know follow the money stupid you know it's it, that's what it is so it's not it's not a you know it's not a conspiracy it's just people do people do what's good in their own self-interest and it's in UEFA self-interest to protect the uh, Champions League with all the uh, EPL clubs in it um, but I, I you know what I think about this I, I think that they should quit UEFA's tournaments once the the issue the verdict has been issued, I think they should create a European Super League without any Premier League mm. clubs, uh, with Celtic and Rangers, with you know invite every every country in the EU plus Scotland, um, except for the English Premier League. Let them join a few years later down the line, um, because you know because this is if and people who, who criticize it say well you know what well, the, the only thing that'll happen is that the Premier League clubs already make lots of money will have more money. Yeah, they will. I but think the other argument. Time, but listen, let me, let, me, let me just say. Let me just say. Yeah, but the other side of that is that so will Inter, Juve, Milan, and all the other clubs, which means that they don't need to sell their players to 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 survive. Um, well, actually, the argument is to play devil's advocate is that if the Serie A clubs, for example, quit the Champions League, they're going to lose all that money from the Champions League, which is a huge, hugely important to their to their revenue. No, but you go to the European Super League. Is but what I'm you need about. to you need to have a Super League. First. Well, that's what I'm saying. My my point is simply this: that they will not quit the Champions League until the European Super League is is up and running, uh, which which could happen once the European Court of Justice. But then issues. they try and use they try and use like La Liga tries to stop Barcelona and Real Madrid from 
from quitting, from joining the Super League, because they say if you join the Super League, we won't allow you to be in La Liga. There's and try and use no that as a legal... way that's going to happen because a La Liga without Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and Barcelona, just like a Serie A without Milan, Inter, Juve, Roma, Napoli, and all these clubs. Look, it's not going to be the same European Super League it was then. That project is dead. The new European Super League is not going to be a closed-off league. It's going to be open, and these clubs will bring in the Romas, the Napolis, the, the these other clubs. Look, once the legality of the issue is 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 uh, is resolved, then they can't stop it. La Liga and Serie A can't stop these clubs. That's why mm. it's so important for this decision to to be made. And black on white, it's the court, highest court in the EU zone. It's they're allowed to do it. Run with it, right? And once that is done. I think the Bundesliga clubs and the league and clubs will jump at it at once because it's free money. I mean, why would they stay with UEFA when they can, when it's, when it, if it's yeah. designed to no, be. No, providing, providing the money on offer is more than what the Champions League is it's offering. It's going now. to be more than that. But There's remember no that was ba- that. but that was based on the Premier League teams being in that competition. Mm. Remember that. And that was the, that was, that is what brought the back in. Um, and not entirely, not only. I, I look, not I, only, I, I, of course, of course, not only. But they are the big cinemas. The, that's the big question mark for me. Will they be able to I, generate no, the same kind of money? I mean, they're obviously not going to generate the, the amount they made last time. But can they make? I think enough? they will. I think they will because p- people need to remember that the Premier League—they're the biggest league and they're the best marketed league. But Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Inter, Milan, Juve, all these other clubs have a massive following globally as well. Yeah. If, and, they're done, and, if, they're, if they're promoted properly, which they haven't been, well, you know, if that, they, that they comes utilize to, that, what they've got. Yeah, yeah. But they will do that. And, and I think all we're waiting for now is for the European Court of Justice to issue its ruling. And once that is done, then there's nothing stopping them. Then they can do it. UEFA can't do anything. Mm. Um, and yeah, we, need we, to do, we need to do it because I don't know about you guys, but you know, of course, we're gonna. Our, our final segment now is going to be just a quick preview of the Champions League. But I'll be honest with you, it's like, yes, of course, I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to support the Italian clubs. I'm, you know, I want the, all the Italian teams to do well. I, I support them massively. But I know deep down that there's no chance any of them are going to win it. You know, no. we, we might have a it's good. Going run. to be the same we, five clubs for the next decade. Yeah, if no, we stick Bayern on and City. As Bayern continue. and City. Those are the clubs yeah. that can win it. I mean, those yeah. two are the favorites. Bayern won't last. Bayern will go the way of the Italian clubs soon. Of course they will. Well. And that's why so I'm selling. They're that's what I'm saying. And that's why I'm saying that once the European Super League is, is is you know, once the legal status of it has been clarified, Bayern Munich will jump at that shit in half a second. Let's remember that Bayern Munich with Rummenigge and, and uh, Hernes and Beckenbauer mm. were the ones who even introduced the concept of a Super mm. League some 20, 30 years ago. So they're just, they're, they're being smart here. Once the legal, once the legal challenges are all over, they will full steam ahead. And I know they will allow the Premier League clubs to join because the Premier League clubs will, there are clubs in the Premier League who wanted to join this and are unhappy about what happened. And they will push internally in the FA to be allowed to join because otherwise they'll be left behind. Um, and But we'll have to wait and see. First things first, the ECJ decision, what the new ESL looks like, what backing it has, but I, uh, it has to happen. It just has to happen. It cannot continue like this. Okay. Well, yikes. Ending this on a positive note, I suppose. Yeah. Um, all right. But, but Champions League. Okay. So we have Napoli. Uh, just, just to remind everybody, they're in the group with Ajax, Liverpool, Rangers, um, Inter. <laughs> They are in the group with Bayern They're out Barcelona. Already. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Milan. whoa, 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 whoa,
Start to jinx it. Milan, Chelsea, Salzburg, Dinamo Zagreb, and then PSG, Juve, Benfica, Maccabi, Haifa. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know. Uh, Inter, by Napoli. They should get through. Milan should get through. Yeah, you should, get, should through. get through. Yeah. Uh, okay, but let's start with match day one. So you have uh, Salzburg and Milan. What I'm, do we think? I think it's an important for it's important for Milan to get to a good start because I think Milan actually after Napoli have a good chance to win their group. Yeah. Um. So it's it's important that Milan takes this this seriously. They need to get a I positive think, result. Yeah. Yeah. They need to work. win. Need to win. I think I would say a draw wouldn't be the end of the the, the end of the world as long as they as long as they're getting four points from the two games yeah. against Salzburg. They deal with Dynamo Zagreb home and away. They should be fine. It wouldn't be yeah. the end of the world. Salzburg are not pushover. They've got that Benjamin Sesko. What I've seen of him, he looks like an incredible talent. He mm. does, really does. Um, so they've got to stop him. And they they always produce great young players. Salzburg. So they could always be they could always be dangerous. But yeah, I think Milan should obviously should be confident, shouldn't they? After winning the. The derby. No, they should. Um, yeah. I, I do think, though, that, I mean, obviously, Napoli and Inter both got really hard games. I think if Ossie is fit, because I've seen some reports that he might not make the game, um, which is a big, big shame, because I think if he's fit, him and Kvaratskhelia, I really think that Napoli could, could, could shock Liverpool in this game. Liverpool are not in good shape. They've got a lot of midfield injuries. They're not playing well. They were really poor, what I saw of them against Everton. I watched most of that game. Really, really poor in that game. Um, you know, they'd lost to Man United the other week. They're not they're they're, they're in bad form. They're in bad. They got lucky in midweek. They got cheated, basically cheated. Uh who was it they played? New, was it uh, Newcastle? Newcastle last minute goal. Yeah. Uh, so Napoli, they could spring a shot. They've got a good record against Liverpool, but if Ossie men's out, that's obviously that's a massive, massive blow. No, in for term, sure not. Look, in Napoli term, I mean, for me, this is why me. I have Napoli as the best, uh, as a team, as the Italian team with the best chance to win their group. And I think are the team that I have going the furthest in the Champions League. I think for every reason you said, I think they have everything in place to, and the football they play, I think suits Europe as well. Yeah, and Juventus. Um, I was about to say, I'm sure you can't wait to. Yeah, I no, think everybody exp- everybody expects them to lose this game. Um, I think Di Maria is out now as well. So no Di Maria, no Pogba, no Chiesa. Uh, you know they're gonna yeah goalless draw, goalless draw. He's gonna park the bus at the at the Parc yeah. de Prince and he's gonna bore really everyone to death. Um, and 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 he could maybe even nick it away the same way that he did against mm. Chelsea last year. Um, and, and oh and, my god, well, he didn't and, get wow. nick it away against Chelsea. Ending they lost, this they lost no, away, but nick it. Yeah, you know, I mean, at home. But no, I, I think he could. I mean, it's um, well, of course PSG are massive favorites, but I think he'll 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 use all his jihadi techniques to stop PSG and, and, and you'll be lamenting and everyone will be angry and saying that he should be, you know, he's a dinosaur and he belongs in another dimension and blah, blah, blah. But he'll do that. He'll do all the tricks. And it wouldn't surprise me if he played with a back three in this game. Like he just, just ahead of this game, like he adapts. Why not, to eh? I mean, he changes the formation enough to, to confuse yeah. all his players. Play 3-5-2. So I it think again. this is, yeah. 3-5-2 is how Juve should play, and I think he might do it against them. I, I think a draw there. I, I expect Milan to win, and, and I think Juve have a good chance to draw. And Napoli, yeah. for the same reason as you said, I think they should win. And Inter don't stand it. Snowball's chance in hell against Bayern. So <laughs> yeah. we can just move on from that. All right, uh, Europa League, Roma, Lazio, they will be in action. They should um, win those groups, right? I yeah, mean, they both should finish on top. Uh, Lazio are facing Feyenoord and 
Roma, they go away to Ludogorets. Those should be uh, fairly straightforward. And then Fiorentina, they are in Conference League. Yeah. As a reminder, they are in a group with Hearts. Basaksha here. I don't even know who they're and, playing, Fiorentina. It sounds like a... Like a uh, sounds like one of those made-up, ge- auto-generated team names. Yeah, in a or like a furniture manager. store or something. Yeah. R- RFS. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Let's let's move on. Uh, Bajo and Prem Face of the Week, and then we will wrap things up. So let's get to those now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bajo of the Week. That's We've already me. talked about him at length. Rafael Leal, fantastic performance in the Derby. We don't need to rehash. Yeah. He was, uh, again, Returning to goal scoring form, even though he was performing well in previous yeah, weeks. I'm just waiting. I'm just here for Nima's prem face. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. So let, <laughs> let's go to prem face. Go ahead, Nima. No, listen. Um, look, <laughs> I guess I should give him credit uh, for for deleting the tweet that was a complete fab- a complete lie. I mean, everyone can make a mistake, but this notion, this this thing that people do, journalists do on social media, that really really annoys me. Every every human being can make a mistake. Every human being can. You know, it's human to err, right? Everyone can make a mistake, but at least own it and apologize and delete it. Don't leave a tweet up that you know is not true, which you yourself admit and own is you were mistaken. And don't delete it because it was getting good traction. That's that's just incredibly dishonest. And that's what uh, Tariq Panja did in the New York Times for about two hours, despite everyone going at him saying that, sorry, your tweet about Roma and Inter not being allowed to buy players uh, as sanctioned by UEFA is simply factually, empirically incorrect. And I tweeted at him, everyone else tweeted at him, and he just left it up. And, even, and he puts out a tweet saying I was wrong, but he leaves the, 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 the incorrect tweet up because it was doing numbers, because it's a shocking thing to say. A lot of people were surprised. And, and to say that, you know, there was a transfer ban effectively on Inter and Roma. So to me, that's just, it's so dishonest and it's so typical legacy media. And I don't want to harp on too much about it, but it's, it's just incredibly disappointing. Um, and well, to be fair, after two hours of being hammered, he, he deleted it. By you. Um, well, yeah, not just me. But <laughs> I, I, it wasn't just me. A lot of people were, but I mean, ev- again, everyone can do mistakes. Everyone can. Instigated can by you. No, I don't think it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. The ringleader. <laughs> oh, please. Just another victim. I, <laughs> you you have uh, such a, a fantastic way of, man, you will, you what, will what wear do? people down. You will RKO them until, yeah. I RKO. mean, it is a trial by what, or a, a, a execution uh, via 1,000 cuts. <laughs> eventually you will have your way but, no but listen here's the thing every like i said everyone can make a mistake i make a million like everyone does but i own them and i stand by them and i hold my hand up i say i'm sorry, sorry I I yeah. yeah no but I, I hold my hand up i own them i own my own mistakes and i say i did it and i delete the tweet but this notion that you just leave it up there and and you know, when you work for a reputable New York, when you work work for 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 journalistic organization, you have a responsibility. Again, I'm it not happens a lot. It's, it's because you delete the tweet, you lose the engagement. But and, that's and disgusting, that is, and that is that is absolutely crucial. You know, especially when you're making money off platforms as well. You, that's you, disgusting. You delete the post, not just on Twitter, on other. You know, and 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 it's the reason why you, you get certain no naming no names. We get certain uh, journalists. Let's call them <laughs> if you can call them that. Who you know, instead of just retweeting uh, or sharing 
um, a post from another oh, person God, on a story, they'll they'll put they'll put it in their own. They'll, they'll make a tweet yeah. of their own, and then just say if they're lucky, if if you know if if they're feeling generous, they'll actually credit the other person in the tweet, or maybe or or often as what often happens, they put it in a tweet underneath because that gets no engagement. If you do a follow up tweet, uh, it never does any engagement. If you do a reply to your own tweet. So instead of just retweeting it, they do it because they know that that's what gets them the engagement and that's what will get them followers. Just retweeting someone doesn't get you any followers or engagement. It goes to goes to the original person. So you see that a lot as well. But unfortunately, that's just what the media. That's what's just what's happened now with, with yeah, but the it's, media, it's, it's, social it's, media. It's wrong. It's wrong. You're mm. not. You're not. You're, if you're a journalist, you, like I yeah. said, everyone can make a mistake. You're allowed to make mistakes, but at least have the have the backbone. To stand up for it, delete it, and don't let it leave up. It's not journalism, though. It's a business. It's not it's, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. It's it's social. It's, it's a business. This is the it's thing. a business. Now journalism, well, this is this is exactly it. It's not journalism anymore. They're 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 influencers, and that's great. Yeah. You know, if if influencing is your thing, and you want to, you know, go do that. But at least when you're doing journalism, do it properly and own it, and and stop stop this nonsense. And it shouldn't take you two hours, especially when you ten minutes later say I was wrong, and you leave the wrong tweet up. Why are you doing that? Because, like Carlos said, it's obvious because you want the interactions. Well, that's incredibly intellectually dishonest, and it ruins your credibility if you care about it. I mean, mm. that, at least for me, anyway. Okay. Well, <laughs> no better way to end. All right. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Will we? Will yes. We? <laughs> yes. So we'll be back, uh, as you all know. Uh, Questions this is from our weekly free episode. If you want to gain access to the questions episode and then the Thursday episode, you can go to patreon.com slash TIFP299, excluding VAT uh, per month. And again, multiple stuff per week. You also get uh, our uh, reaction podcast. You can listen to Nima do this immediately after a match. So if you didn't get enough today... Super wait Sabato, until we did one, didn't we? After yeah, the three games, well, yeah, well, just wait until Intel lose again, and you can hear some of this stuff uh, immediately uh, oh, after the result. It's well worth, well worth the two ninety nine. So, again, we will end it there for patrons. We will be back tomorrow and Thursday. We will chat with you all soon. Until next time, bye bye.